Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm so excited to bring you today's featured guest, Stefanos Sifandos. Steph, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And for anybody listening, you may be able to tell that Steph is not from the United States of America originally. <laughs> Where are you from, Steph? Nope. I, um, I was born in Australia uh, and grew up in a little bit of Greece because my father's Greek, my mother's Italian, uh, and in Australia as well. So I was born in Australia when I was an infant. We went to Greece. My father wanted to do his best to try and make a, a life back there, but economically it was, it was very difficult. And so we spent a few years there and then came back to Australia. Wonderful. Very, very cool. And now you're in the States, is that correct? Correct, yeah, Southern California. Wonderful. With my, uh, with my fiance, Christine, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, Christine Hassler, who was on the show uh, a few weeks ago, some of you heard her interview. Yes. Um, and let me just give you some background on Steph, because it's really interesting. He actually facilitates transformational growth through neuro-empowerment practices. And this is an integration of spiritual practices and Western psychology. And it helps you improve and evolve and, and enhance the quality of your relationships. And he's actually immersed in deep men's empowerment work and intimate relationships. Steph actually merges the best of Eastern and Western metho methodologies and philosophies so he can promote balance and clarity and joy in life. For the last 15 years, Steph has been at the forefront of innovating the global health and wellness industry while actually being a sought-after innovator in the personal transformation relationship and leadership space. His extensive knowledge has actually seen him become one, a well-respected mentor and trainer to some of Australia's top professional sporting teams, professional individual athletes, professional world champion fighters, Olympians, gold medalists, and elite special forces soldiers. His mission is to be a voice for the voiceless, to assist individuals in actualizing the fullness of their potentiality, to relate consciously to each other with authentic love, be a conscious steward of earth, and continue to evolve and expand the entirety of his being. This is his humble gift to humanity and to his own soul. Steph, that is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful mission. Can you do me a favor? Would you would you take a minute and just give us a glimpse into, like, how did you get started down this path? You know, I often say, and it's it's definitely not my saying, it's something that I, I heard Dr. John Martini say, which I really resonated with many years ago. And he said, our greatest voids become our greatest values generally. And so I grew up uh, feeling very disempowered. I grew up feeling, and I couldn't put the words to it back then, but feeling that there was inequality and inequity um, in my environment. I grew up in a very volatile environment, um, physically and emotionally volatile environment. 
and that really set the precedent for what I what I wanted to to be in the world, what I wanted to feel, and what I wanted to then give, and really give that to others as well, so they could feel that harmony and that peacefulness, and 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 really reconnect to the truthfulness of self. And so I, I deep dive when I was of the age to I deep dive into Eastern mysticism and Eastern philosophy particularly and Western philosophy as well. But beyond philosophy, the the embodiment and the pragmatic nature of what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to move away from attachment to suffering and move into more joyous and blissful states, connected states where we're we're working together, we're moving together in like this beautiful symphony as as a as a collective humanity. And so I remember when I was younger I, I was I always just tell my mother I said I'd I want to be the Secretary General of the United Nations and I can help everybody. <laughs> Very naive back then, you know, like, <laughs> as I grew up and realized the systemic dysfunction and geopolitical nature of of these organizations such as the UN. Not that the UN isn't doing great things, they actually are, but there was more to play. There was so much more than what I was what was on the surface. I realized that I really had to look deeper within myself and and really neutralize and, and connect to the tension that I was feeling within myself and how I would relate to others, especially significant others, whether it be an intimate partnership or whether it be um, my parents or close friends and so forth. And so that's what really began that journey for me uh, and, and looking deeper into the self, into myself. So how can I be a more profound human being? How can I make a greater impact? And how can I basically not be what I experienced? Because I experienced uh, violence and, and, and aberrance and tension and volatility and the unknown and so much fear as a child. And so and I went through a period where I then, you know, sort of lashed out and pushed that onto others as well because it's it's all I knew. And, and not to make excuses for my behaviour, but uh, not but, and it's all I knew. And so I had to get conscious around, is this the person I really want to be? Is this how I want to live with myself? And is this how I want others to see me and feel me and experience me? Because essentially I'm just giving others what I was given. And so when I made that choice, uh, my life really changed deeply, uh, profoundly. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, so oftentimes, you know, our path is a, a catalyst from some challenges, from some things that weren't mm. so good. And we went, I want to do what I can to make sure this is different going forward, whether for myself or for yeah. the world around me. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, I want to ask you something because obviously we focus on partnership relationships here on, on Speaking of Partnership. And I'm wondering for you personally, yeah. Steph, when you think about, you know, being in partnership, what is like your guiding principle or your, maybe it's a quote or a mantra, but what's that touchstone that you can come back to whenever you feel like you've kind of gotten off your path in partnership? In terms of partnership with another person, yes? Yes. Yes. So it's, it's a beautiful question and one that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a profound question. I can go in many different directions. I'll begin with willingness. Hmm. So the, the, Christine and I speak to this immensely. Like we have a very powerful willingness to be with each other in, in every capacity and to sit with each other in every capacity and really honour each other's truth and learn and choose to grow from each other's truth. And for that to transpire, there needs to be a willingness. Now, the willingness is underpinned by something greater. 
but willingness is something very tangible. Are you willing to speak to something difficult? Are you willing to face your fears? Are you willing to create fun, play, joy, magic in your relationship? Are you willing to transcend behaviors and patterns that have not served you in the past? Are you willing to be the best version of you? Are you willing to be wrong? Are you willing to own your greatness? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to receive? And I, we, we inverse that. So am I willing to give? Am I willing to receive? Am I willing to be the best version of myself? Am I willing to humble myself? Am I willing to listen? Am I willing to be present? Willingness for me uh, is the cornerstone, uh, one of the cornerstones in, 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 in a empowered, for lack of a better term, successful relationship, one that is in success being defined by are you in a state of growth? Because growth and expansion for me is the one of the prime directive to being human. And that's that's synonymous with with love as well. I love that. Willingness, so powerful. Let me ask you something about that, Steph. So I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners sitting there going, I'm willing, I don't know how to do it. Mm. How do, how do you make that step? What's the first step to bridging that gap? Okay. You've got to create safety. Like we have to, we have to create, and then, you, then the, the natural question after that is well, how do we create safety? And I'll, and I'll get to that in a moment. And so, well, actually, let me answer it directly. Non-judgment and compassion. Very mm. simple. So we first have to have that for ourselves. If we're har- harshly judging ourselves and we don't have a compassionate tone of self-talk, we're going to be in a consistent state of rigidity and tension. And so when we find that and discover that within ourselves, we're able to greater and better notice it within others. So when we surround ourselves with non-judgment and compassion, an environment of non-judgment and compassion, people, especially in partnership, you know, I was sharing with, I'll be, I'll be very honest and, and I'll be very open with something. I was sharing with Christine the other day that one of her many amazing gifts to me is how she sees me through the the lens of non-judgment and compassion. And she allows me to be me. And because she does that, I feel so safe, like I've never felt before. And so, and it's because there's such a deep intimacy that we share, such deep, profound intimacy that we share and connection and closeness, it can be very confronting and very surreal and overwhelming and you know, and there's attachment there that you need to deal with and, and the, the, the certain fears that arise as well and, and what does this mean and how do we go from, where do we go from here and how do we move through this and, and so like how do we move through the tension of having different opinions or how do I move through saying something to my beloved that may upset her and how will she respond to that? Because I feel so safe with her, I'm able to express myself. Now, so my, my, literally my physiology and my nervous system is in, in, in a more in a constant state of relax. It's just relaxed. So I'm able to tap into feelings and emotions and experiences that I haven't for years. And sometimes they're very emotive. They make me cry. They make me, I, I remember an implicit, so an implicit memory comes up through feeling where I can't quite cognitively connect where it's coming from. I allow myself to feel because I feel non-judged and I feel the compassion that comes from her and the empathy and the holding. I then maybe cry or I could, you know, I could have a, um, an expression of tension or anger or whatever it may be. And then the memory comes in and it equilibrates and they merge and I'm able to go, oh, that's where it came from. I get it. I can release the tension now. And then I move on and I completely forget about it and it's gone from the body. I can almost have this trauma release. 
And so safety through compassion and non-judgment, I mean, I just want to really simplify. There's a lot more to this, of course, but feeling safe, to answer your question, feeling safe through compassion, through an environment of compassion and non-judgment is <clears throat> how, is the how behind the willingness. Because you're going to be more willing when you feel able and safe, when you feel empowered. Yeah, I, I that's fantastic. I, I love the, the non-judgment and compassion. And I want to ask you something because I get this all the time when I'm working with women and that's what they say. You know, I want a relationship where there's no judgment. I want a relationship where there's compassion. And what I'm hearing you say is that is created by having it for yourself first. Yes and yes. So yes and there were many times when I did not have that for myself and Christine showed up with me showed up with me and to me with compassion and non-judgment. And I just want to, I just want to reference something very clearly. The, our brains compartmentalize our reality mm-hmm. and compartmentalize our, our situations and, and our experiences. So we're always in, a, in, a, in some form, uh, some state of judgment because we're judging whether is that experience healthy for us? Do I move forward? Do I retract? Do I move laterally? Is that experience safe for me? Do I move? So we're compartmentalizing making judgment calls in that sense. So we can never really escape judgment per se in the human form. What I'm referring to is about the emotional trigger that comes with uh, an experience or the emotional trigger that comes with being told something or, or someone speaking their truth and you holding that space, knowing that it's, not you, that it's their expression and that when we hold that space, we're not bringing our past pains into the situation. And so for Christine to do that and for me to do that for her, it means that I've had to have done that awareness work on myself, that I know that, hey, this is my beloved expressing to me some of her fears or some of her pains or some of her difficulties right now. And it's not necessarily a reflection on me, even even if maybe it's something about me, I don't have to bring past pain into this. I can remain in the present moment. And I can do that because I'm confident enough in who I've been in the work that I've done. And that's another, that's a prelude to all that as well. And so, and so that, that's, I just wanted to just to make a point of that. It's very important for us to understand as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very glad that you did that. Because it, I mean, obviously, this is a very deep subject. There's a lot of pieces. To yes, it. of course. Uh, and we barely scratched the surface. But it, it's such an important yeah. piece because you're right. It's the safety Right. If we don't feel safe, we're not going to go there. Mm. And like you said, sometimes you're personally not feeling safe, but your partner can create that space for you. But it's not they're the only one that creates that space for you. You have to still Mm. own that. Yeah, I can Mm. do that for myself, too. I have to take times where I'm not judging myself. If I'm in constant judgment of myself and I think that my friend, my my partner is the one that's going to save me from my own judgments, it's never going to happen. Hmm. Right, mm. because our brains are to keep judging ourselves. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. it's beautiful what you were sharing of of like the experience that you and, and Christine have. Of yes, there are times where you're not able to be in that space of ju- non judgment and compassion, and yeah. yet she is, and it gives you permission to go. Okay, maybe I can go there. Mm. Beautiful. That's that's the, that's the empowerment. Yeah, and that's yeah. the holding. You know, that's the. That's really the deep holding, and we do that for each other. I mean, it wouldn't work. It's not one-directional. It's, it's impossible to be one-directional at, yeah. at this level of, of intimacy shared. Um, in a, in a, in a uh, mentor-student or teacher-student or, or mentor-devotee example, it can be more one-directional per se. 
but in 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 a a relationship of mutuality in this in this expression, it needs to be bi-directional, and so we're we're consistently you know again lack of a better term doing that work for each other, for ourselves, for each other, and and for humanity. And for me, that is one of the highest expressions of love and and devotion to what it means to the human essence of the human spirit is is we do what we do and we are who we are, we be who we be because of for ourselves for our beloved and and for all sentience uh and that and and the realization that there's a, a unified connectedness that permeates all of us there's a oneness that permeates again that's a, a deeper discussion for another time but that's just a personal ethos that i'm reflecting into the relationship very and, and again void values right like i felt very isolated and separate as a child and so for me, one of my my greatest missions on this planet is yes, voiceful and voiceless in that unifying connectedness. In that, let's there's nothing wrong with individual expression. It's beautiful. It's what it's what actually evolves us, and what underpins that is. I wish we were if we were on video, I'd show you a really a really powerful example of of what it means that to us being unified and connected, coming from the same source of consciousness per se. Well, we will have to do that another time <laughs> when we have a camera running. No, this is this is brilliant. I, I love this. So, do me a favor, Steph, because what, one of the things our listeners love about the show is is how generous our guests are in, in sharing their own personal journeys and their own personal stories. Mm. And, and I would love to ask you to share a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in a partnership, and just tell us what you know. What were you doing? What what did you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward in your relationships? Yeah, yeah, I can I can tell you many a time, and I won't kind of I won't tell you a time I kind of tripped up. I'll tell you a time I really tripped up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in in one of my previous relationships a, a number of years ago, um, I was unfaithful in that relationship in most of my relationships i was unfaithful and dishonest in my relationships particularly this one it was quite excessive and it wasn't it was well beyond uh sex addiction because it wasn't so much um sex uh, sex that was involved it was really this avoidance of self avoidance of these deep fears so long story short that that became unraveled and and my partner at that time found out and she discovered that and we I, I was left with really two choices continue the behavior that i was engaged in which was extreme and not healthy for anybody particularly myself or so i would i would just continue to live blindly essentially and, and continue to observe my life in all areas really crumbling around me because that's what was happening or really address the, the reasons and the issues behind that. And so I, I, I very, very gratefully and blessedly, I, I, I chose the latter. And I immersed myself in understanding who I was like, and really connecting to me and on a journey of deep forgiveness and expansion of the heart and compassion, uh, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of so much of my past, going moving deeply into my shadow self into my belief systems i mean i have a background and degree in psychology and so I, I, i've been on this path of self-discovery for you know, 20 years uh however i hadn't really gone deep viscerally in an embodied way and it wasn't until that situation that i really chose to just go all in and for me i was all in like i i have 
has ten, in the past had a tendency to have a very extreme personality uh, expression in personality. And so, like, I committed to going at depth, irrespective of what would happen to me. I was, I had succumbed to the fact and surrendered to the fact that I may end up in a mental asylum or I may end up committing suicide. And that was a very deep contemplation many times. The pain was so intense. The, the realizations of who I'd been and what I'd done and, and the pain that I personally experienced in the past that were coming to the surface of my own awareness and my own conscious thought and memory, that was very painful to deal with. And, and I just continued to persevere. And I was very blessed that for a few months at least, that partner at the time decided to stay there with me. And, and I was able to learn and grow in real time and really accelerate my growth. And she went against what her patterning would normally be. And we didn't obviously end up together. And, that's, and that was exactly what needed to happen. However, I learned so much. I grew so much. And it was at the expense of pain uh, that, that I inflicted upon this, this very, very beautiful human being. And, and, of course, I can't speak for her journey. That's her journey. That's her, her path. And, and I learned a great deal. And for me, it was complete transformation from that point and how I viewed myself, how I viewed relationship, intimate relationship, how I chose to show up in relationship, how I continue to choose to show up in relationship and be present in relationship and what's important to me in relationship. Because seeing myself hurt, seeing the pain in someone else's entire being that I was responsible for, my, my part, I was 100% responsible for my 50% of the relationship. And seeing that really, really changed my life. Like it, it, it completely it was a it was multiple 360 degree turns and not coming back to where I was, but very far away from that and realizing that there's a completely other way to be. I mean, I, I lost friends. I, I gave up peer groups that were in my life for 15 plus years that were very close and I hadn't done anything wrong. It was just that I began to connect to my truth and my values and there was a misalignment there. It was very hard to do. Like it's, Easy. If someone hurts you, it's easy. It's easier to say, you know what, you're not in my life. But when no one hurts you, and there's immense love there to move away from. Like I just deconstructed my life. I I, I fractured everything. I was already fractured, but I, I deeper fractured everything I was, and and had multiple ego deaths, multiple psychological, emotional deaths, and reconstructed a newer version of me that was in alignment with my authentic truth, which was move through the fear and, and, and cease to allow fear to govern my actions. Cause that's what I was doing. I was, I was very, I was scared of commitment. I was scared of, of, of freedom. Like I, I, my freedom was taken away from me. Yet I yearned for intimacy and connection. And I was caught in this paradox. And the only way to alleviate that for me, what I thought at the time was to be with multiple women because I, I would have a greater sense of freedom then. So instead of turning to drugs and alcohol, I would turn to that. And so the moment I really made that deep connection, and I'm, I'm fast-tracking this, obviously. This is months and years of deep work, internal work. We're working with psychologists, shamans, mentors, spiritual guides like myself, spending hours a day with myself. Uh, just, I gave up my businesses. I went into debt. I, I really committed to this. Like I really went deep. And so when I realized all that, I, I let go of the need to behave in a way that was coming from unconscious fear. And so part of the work I do now is I teach men how to attain freedom through commitment, like committing to self, committing to an idea, committing to a belief system, committing to a practice, committing to a woman, committing to a man, committing to a partner, committing to a family, committing to your service, whatever it is. There is deep freedom in that. It's all about perspective and it's all about shifting the unconscious, bringing the unknown closer to you so that it can be known. 
Wow. That's awesome. And I want to ask you something, Steph, because you said that, you know, you, you had a history of, of cheating in relationships and you mm. did it again in this case. What mm. do you think made that the breaking point? What changed that where you said no more? What changed it was, and it was interesting, right, because I, and I'll share this with you. Like, I, was, I was coming to a point where it was becoming very excessive and obsessive. Um, and it wasn't even so much just actually cheating. It was more just looking outside of the relationship. So it was more this, this searching and this, this need to fill my time with, with bullshit, essentially. And so what really changed it, to answer your question directly, is her finding out and discovering that. Leading up to that, like a month or so before that, I was getting this tremendous feeling of I need to speak to her, I need to tell her, this needs to stop, I don't think we're meant to be. like, or, But I didn't step into the courage to do that. And so the universe said, well, fuck you. <laughs> you're saying you want to do something. You know you're being out of alignment. I think it's time that we helped you a little bit. <laughs> and the universe helps me a great deal. Didn't feel that way at the time. I was in not, not a very good place. And also, I had to be responsible for my actions. Mm -hmm. There was a variety of, of outcomes that came from that. Um, all, all very healthy, of course, and initially didn't feel that way, but uh, was very powerful. Got it. Thank you. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's, let's look at a time in your life when... And this could be anything, you know, romantic, family, career, whatever it is. But what, what's one of those times where you look back on it and it's like an incredibly proud partnership moment? I mean, when you think about it, you just can't help but smile. What's one of those? Hmm. Just not sure which one to choose. <laughs> um, <laughs> seeing, physically seeing Christine for the first time. That for me was... And you know, brings tears to my eyes now. It was a, a moment of realization that wow, like I've I've done I've done some I've traversed some serious pain, and I've I've moved through some profound experiences to arrive at having a woman in front of me of this caliber. And so the honouring that filled my being, the gratitude that filled me when. When experiencing her physically for the first time, I mean, like just her opening the door and just smiling and seeing that smile, it's like I, I picture it as yesterday. Because you know, we spent some time communicating through digital devices as we were, cause we were introduced by mutual friends and so forth. And and then so when we and when we chose to meet in Europe of all places, I was in Australia, she was in the US. We met in Europe, and it was all very serendipitous how it unraveled. But seeing her like being in her physical presence and, and just feeling like I was at home. Like I felt like I was at home. Not that I was whole and I was empty before or not whole. Or I felt whole coming into meeting her, coming into the dynamic of our relationship. I felt wholeness in myself. And so feeling home was, was really, really beautiful. It was interesting. I read something earlier. I'll see if I can remember it or recall it. And it was about twin flames around, you know, unity and sacred union connection. It's the love is love is essentially it's part of and it's beyond the physical. And so you essentially have two beings that, that, that you know, when they come together, they're either more masculine or they're more feminine. 
and the, the, the reunion and the union itself, of course, it teaches us how to balance our inner paradigm, our masculine and feminine expressive states, you know, our, our do and our, and our be energy, our go and our flow energy. And so that the non-physical of us both can become one again, can become that, enter into that sacred unity consciousness. I really love that. Like I really, I, I believe that deeply. Yeah, that, that I love that. That that is a beautiful, beautiful perspective on that because I, mm. I totally agree with you, and I love your, your what you just shared with us of the experience you had just instantaneously when you got into the presence of Christine yeah. and recognized, wow. I mean, obviously you'd had digital connection, but like when you showed up and she showed up and you went, hello. Yeah, I'm home. Yeah, that feeling of home is incredible yeah congratulations thank you yeah well steph i wish we could continue this for the next three days but i don't think that's uh, <laughs> gonna work so here's what we're gonna do we're getting to the end of the show and what i'd like yeah. to ask you to do is we're just gonna step away from stories for a second and we're yeah. gonna leave our listeners with some some specific little bullet points if you will that they can take with them and where i'd like to start is for you personally when you think about partnership and relationship, what's the best advice around that that you've ever received? If there is something that needs to be said, and it could be a difficult conversation, choose to express it from a place of empathy, compassion, love, understanding. Choose to express it from a place of non-attachment. In other words, not being attached to how they may respond or react, but holding strong in that truth and continuing to come from a place of service. In other words, knowing that not the truth shall set us free, but the truth lays a foundation for us to grow from. And then in growth, we attain or embody freedom. That is killer. I love that. The truth lays a foundation for us to grow from. Mm. So powerful. Truth gives us facts. The truth gives us reality as it is. And that's where we can read. Because we, then we have genuine growth. It's not growth on, on false premise. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, you know, the way I typically say it with, with the women I work with is, do you want to build your relationship based on facts or on fiction? Yeah. And it's so easy for us to go into the fiction. We fill in any gap with the story. Yep. But when we can yep. actually get that information directly from the source, then we know yep. that's that's their truth, whatever they just spoke to me. Yeah. Now I can work from there instead of I made up this story. Because, I mean, we've all done it, right? We've had, we've had a story we've told ourselves so many times, we started to think they actually said it. Mm. And they didn't. And we're building mm. our life on falsehood. So really, really mm. great advice. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. So what about this stuff? If, if you had to pick just one, either book or resource that you would recommend to our listeners regarding partnership, which one would you pick and why? Oh, great. That's a beautiful question. Um, it would be by Dr. Harville Hendricks. And it would be um, Keeping the Love You Find or, oh, hold on. 
Um, oh, I've got, I've got, let me let me let me quickly quickly look it up. The actual title of the book. One moment. Yeah, keeping keeping the love you find. That's keeping the love you find. Start with that. He's got a few, but keeping the love you find. Why? Because I, I feel he's an amazing author and provides amazing tools, and he's been in the space for some time, many many years. And I'm a big believer in his in his ethos that we attract in our lives, in our intimate partnerships and relationships, what we both did and did not receive both consciously and unconsciously from our primary caregivers. And so we develop, we, we move through our adult lives really based on that premise. And and there's a, there's a great deal of truth to that. And so... In this, he provides tools and frameworks to assist in, in, in equilibrating that. And, of course, we have to go deeper as well. And he also provides an amazing tool called the Imago Therapy or the Imago Dialogue, which assists us in communicating effectively so that we're not constantly coming from trigger and pain and, and emotional tension. Yeah, a, a tremendous resource. His his mm. work is a, absolutely outstanding. Thank yeah. you for, for reminding it us is. of that. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, I got to say, Steph, I mean, we've obviously just scratched the surface here and I'm sure our listeners yeah. are like, I, I, I want more. I want more. How, how could they contact you or learn more about what you do? Of course. So on my social media handles on Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. It's all the same. <laughs> Stephanos Safandos, just my just my name is is on my handle. Um, it, it, my website is. I'm just in the process of changing my website from stephsafandos.com to stephanosafandos.com, but either one will work. But my my social media handles just Stephanos Safandos. I it's not any. I don't think there's anyone else out there. It's quite a long name, a unique name. <laughs> Fantastic, awesome, and. For everybody listening, our regular listeners know this. If you didn't get that all written down, don't worry about it. You can go to speakingpartnership.com, type in Steph's name into the search bar. You'll go straight to his show page. And on that show page, we will have links to all of those different resources and how to get a hold of him. So it'll be really easy for you. Well, Steph, thank you so much for all that you shared. Your insights, absolutely incredible. I know Everyone listening, including myself, is going to be chewing on this for a while because there was so much involved here. So beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Again, uh, pleasure and a privilege to be here. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.